Welcome to the Burn Brightly podcast, a podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. I'm your host, Hannah Austin. I'm an ex-corporate workaholic, and I learned to slow the burn and find balance. Today's guest balances teaching business owners the power of YouTube for business growth and adventuring with her family as a mom of two children. Before she started her YouTube coaching business, Trina was a new mom and a federal government employee. Now she runs a successful business as an income strategist and YouTube expert who helps online entrepreneurs scale their businesses to six figures. Trina and I had a great conversation about working and succeeding in a male-dominated field, all while prioritizing herself, her family, and her business, and ultimately teaches us how to avoid burnout in the process. If you're ready to feel inspired, please welcome Trina Little. All right. So my guest today is Trina Little, and I'm super excited to have a conversation with her. I've been stalking her a little bit on YouTube and Instagram. And thank you so much, Trina, for taking the time. I know you have a lot going on with school, back to school, and I want to hear more about you. So thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. I'm excited. Great. So why don't we start with the Trina before the YouTube star? Tell me a little bit about what you did before and what you're doing now. Yeah, I... Currently, you know, in marketing, as a business owner, you're running every part of your business. But I really think that the passion for marketing started back in high school. And I was taking extra classes in marketing and public communication, went to school for all of that. And then, you know, when you get out of school, it's like, find a job, find a job. So I got into the government. At the time, the federal government was looking to replace their aging workforce. And so there was a lot of promising opportunity there. And I got in and I stayed there as long as I could. And it was probably about seven years, I think. And it just, I felt like my soul was being ripped out every time I pulled in to that parking lot because it was it was just not my vibe. It was not creative at all. It was very... <laughs> drab cubicle work every day. And the basic nail in the coffin, so to speak, would have been after I had my daughter leaving her to go to this place that I just hated, I realized, okay, time to figure out what to do that isn't this. I have a background in business. I have an MBA. Can't be that hard to start a business. But I was uh, didn't know what lied ahead for me from there. Tell me about when you're sitting there at your desk, because I think so many of our listeners can relate, and I know I certainly can. Are you sitting there thinking there's more to life than this, but I don't know like where to find it, how to go about it? I know that there's something out there for me. And if you were sitting there thinking that, like, how did you even start to take the next step to start to formulate a plan to build your business? Yeah, I mean, sitting in that cubicle, I was, I knew this, this isn't how I could live every day. Um, my parents had the same job every day of their life for their whole entire adulthood. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. And so, I mean, I just made a plan. I had found a webinar from somebody talking about creative passive income. And I got down this rabbit hole and it was probably a little more confidence than I should have had at the time. But I had convinced my husband, like, look, I'm going to do this six months I'll be sipping my ties on the beach. Like I got this. So it was probably a little bit more confidence than I should have had, but I literally just jumped off the cliff, like all in. I said, I am quitting at the end of this year. 
I waited till the whole office went to the Christmas party, put in my two weeks notice and nobody knew I was leaving and they didn't ever see me again. So I didn't necessarily make a plan. I just decided I could not do this any longer. And I was, I just had to make it work. Have you always been like a big planner? Were people surprised when it was like, oh, wait, it's Christmas and Trina's not here on in January? Was that surprising to a lot of people around you? Or had you been talking about it? Were there signs and symptoms kind of of that burnout? Like, what was that current state looking like? Probably not, because most of the people that I worked with, they were coworkers. I didn't really have the friends that I had as I started work there. We had all taken different career paths in the government. So we had all spread out and that probably contributed as well to wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. It was a really kind of toxic environment for women in the office at the time because women just felt very competitive with each other. So they didn't want to help this person out. And so, yeah, people probably did not know that I wasn't going to be there on January 2nd. <laughs> Did you surprise yourself? I know I speak to a lot of people, women and men, who all talk about taking that leap of faith, right? We don't know what it's going to be like on the other side. I just know I can't do this anymore. So how scary was it to leap or was it just like an act of desperation? I think a lot of people are like, that sounds really great. I'd love to quit my job, but I don't know what's next. And how do I actually break through that fear? Yeah, like I said, I think I had a lot more confidence than I should have had at the time, but I'm also driven on proving people wrong. Mm. So I knew once I left, a lot of people behind my back were going to be like, oh, she's crazy. This is the best job that you can have because it's a comfortable job. It's great pay in my area. Um, It's consistent. It's steady. You're not likely to get fired. And so what drove me was just proving all of those people wrong. I mean, I never saw those people again, but knowing that they were going to be saying that I just wanted to prove it, prove them wrong. And even some family members, they thought I was crazy as well. I'm like, well, watch me do it. How did you actually go about doing it? You said you had the plan. You took a online course. You saw an online course. What was the next step? Walk us through kind of the journey um, so that people hear you. They're like, I want to be like Trina. So when I was in the office, I had found YouTube Uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter. I really got into YouTube and I was trying to figure out like what to expect and signs and symptoms. And is this normal? And my marketing brain really started clicking on YouTube. And I was like, wow, this person I'm watching, they are just a person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy anything that she recommends. Like I trust her more than like anywhere else. Uh, So my marketing brain started clicking and I started to play around with YouTube as a mommy vlogger. And I was sharing like what my symptoms were in pregnancy. And I quickly came to realize like that wasn't going to be my journey. I was not a vlogger. I could not do that in public, but I knew I could connect somehow YouTube with marketing. And so I bought that course that taught you how to create a course. And I launched it within 90 days in crickets. I think I had had two, two or three sales. I can't remember. One of it was a friend of mine who uh, felt bad for me. And after that, I immediately thought like record scratch. Did I make the wrong decision? Am I going to need to work at Starbucks now? Um, And I took, so I just took a beat. We were going on vacation and randomly somebody who saw me on YouTube and then connected with me in a Facebook group was like, Hey, I would like to hire you to do my YouTube channel. Do you do that? And I'm like, well, I can. Um, And so that was kind of the first initial push. Um, She was my very first client. 
we're still friends to this day. And I honestly say she's kind of the life raft that kept my business afloat because it is always hard to put yourself out there there that first time, that first course. I also, again, was overconfident that I was going to blow this out of the water. I have a lot more realistic expectations, although not always. Um, And so when it didn't happen, just imposter syndrome and failure set in. And so having her actually reach out to me because of my YouTube videos, I was like, okay, maybe something is working here. Love it. I love that. And I love the fact that there's another woman that basically called you out of the blue and said, could you do this for me? And you're like hustling. You're like, yes, how can I make it work? And you made it happen. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about, was that the catalyst then for realizing, okay, I could help someone with their YouTube channel. This could be this. Did that Mm -hmm. kind of widen your lens and, and talk to me through like, what's the next step in that journey then after that? Yeah. So, I mean, she opened a lot of doors, honestly, for me as my first one-on-one client. And then she introduced me to this whole world of creative entrepreneurs and these conferences and different clients. And she honestly just talked about me word of mouth to other people that started building up my client base. And the more that I talked to these clients and worked with these clients, I was able to understand where I missed the mark with my Mm. initial course and where the messaging was wrong. Because I had never done this in real life. It was all theory from college and like concepts and it wasn't real life. Uh, And so that allowed me to also kind of hone in my course, restructure it, relaunch it and make a couple more sales. So more sales than three, but it wasn't also like this six figure launch that at the time that was being crushed down our throats, like six figure launches, seven figure businesses. That's what success is. So there was still that doubt in my head because we had this connotation that you needed to make six figures with launches, but it kept me going. It was just like that little sip of water that kept you going, that kept you moving on to that next step. Talk to me about, were you doing this while you were raising one kid and then obviously you had another one as well? Talk to me about juggling those priorities because it's different when you have a job that you go to and then you come back from work and some people have their kids in daycare and some don't. So talk to me about the before life um, of Trina and then after as you're building your business and you're starting to balance the workload of being a mom, being a partner, and then being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I started my business when my daughter was 10 months old. So I was always a mom in my business. Fortunately, we lived near our parents and they were ready for grandparents, grandkids, and they wanted to be with their grandkids. So we did have childcare. Um, our grandparents, our parents split two days and two days. And so I kind of set that Fridays would be my day, like three day weekends, spend time with my daughter. Um, then that So I started my business in uh, January of 2016. My daughter was born in 2015. In that first year, I got pregnant with my second child. We sold our house accidentally, quickly, unexpectedly, um, while I was nine months pregnant and then had him a few days before Christmas in 2016. So there was a lot happening that first year. And I honestly think it was just trial and error. Mm. I also feel like I've probably blocked a lot of things out about that first year too, because again, figuring it out, having a one-year-old, then being pregnant again, being tired and, Yeah, I honestly probably blocked a lot of it out, but it was just really figuring out what did work. Oh, I worked until midnight last night. I'm not going to be able to do that because now I feel like crap and I can't do anything this day. How can we adjust, you know, how I'm doing this? If you're, you know, we have our listeners listening right now. If they're listening and they're saying, gosh, I'm a mom, I'm leaving the corporate world. I I want 
you know, excuses and faith to be able to do that so that I know that I have belief in myself to, to pull the trigger and move forward as an entrepreneur. What would you say to women or moms right now listening who are like, how am I going to juggle being an mm -hmm. entrepreneur and being a mom? Like what would be, you know, you're speaking to Trina, you know, six, seven years ago, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, being fully transparent, because again, I feel there's a lot of false narratives out there because a lot of people want to be this Instagram person mm -hmm. and they're not talking about the help that they have or the team that they have. And so that first year that you are going to jump and do it, you need to realize you've got to figure out how you are going to spend your time. I think one of the biggest parts that has helped me kind of get to where I am, and I'm not saying my life business balance is perfect. We still have those times, but putting things on a calendar and, and looking at your day and thinking, okay, what do I want my day to look like and how can I get there? I honestly, I praise those moms that do the nap time hustle because there's no way that I would have been able to do as much as I did just during, during nap time because my kids also were random nappers. We would make them nap, but they may take a 20 minute nap. They may take a two hour nap. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing I could ever rely on. And, and so I think it's, you obviously are going to need to try to have some kind of help. It's if you want to make your business work, you have to treat it seriously like a nine to five. And if you can't do, do it nine to five, you are going to have to sacrifice like at night working or getting up in the morning working just to get it going and telling yourself, this is something that I tell myself as we go into a launch or we're doing something different in our business. Like this is just a season. This isn't forever. I just got to kind of get through this sprint these next three weeks or these next two months to get this done. And it's, it's just during that time. And then also making sure it is just during that time. And you don't keep those habits going after that. Talk to me about being, those are, that's all great advice, great tips. And if that is your real background and not a virtual background, for those of you who cannot see her, it looks like she has everything calendared in stickies. A girl after my own heart loves stickies. Um, so talk to me a little bit about when you do veer off track, what are your triggers, right? So you have a great plan, you're organized, you have things scheduled, but you just said, make sure that it's not a consistent pattern, right? You're basically saying if there's a launch, you're going to work during that time because it's going to be a launch, but realize mm -hmm. that you have to go back to normal life, right? You have to have that give and take to create that balance. So what are your triggers? What have you kind of found is like, okay, I'm burning out. Like what are your signs and symptoms when you're like, I'm worried about myself. I need to kind of regroup and refocus. Yeah, definitely being snappy even when it's not that time of the month. And I'm right. like, gosh, I am really short with people or I'm really frustrated or I'm tired. Um, also, if I'm sitting at work and like nothing's coming to me or I create a lot of content and if I'm just hating content, I'm like, okay, we need to reverse. We need to figure something out. One thing that I had a hard time doing too is transitioning from launch then back into normal life and normal schedule. And what I wasn't doing that I realized that I need to do is blocking the whole week basically after a launch to kind of reset, nice. forcing myself to take not even time off, but not to put anything on my calendar because I would just treat a launch and then next day go right into doing what I was normally doing. And a launch is a lot of work. And so you have to, even though you think you don't need the time, kind of prepare for it and just take it anyways, uh, because you don't know you need it until it's too late. Love it. I love that idea of building it in, building that like 
dark time in so that if you do have a challenging time kind of regrouping and switching and pivoting back to normal life per se, you give Mm -hmm. yourself a little bit of a breather, a breather room. Tell me a little bit about, you know, this episode's really about the power of prioritizing yourself, right? And as women, I think we all see these like awesome catchphrases on Instagram, or like you said, people saying that they got to live a perfect life when reality is that's just not the way it is. So Mm -hmm. we also know that we cannot serve others if we're not taking care of ourselves. So how are you showing your community, especially on YouTube, um, kind of that best version of yourself, but real version of yourself that creates that ripple effect? What are you doing as an entrepreneur to do that? And how are you showing your followers, your community, your team, um, how to walk the walk and talk the talk? So one of the things that I do that I think a lot of business owners burn out over is content, social media content, showing up all the time, every day, multiple times a day. And (laughs) something that has really allowed me to never really feel that constant content creation. I mean, we all feel it to an extent, but by focusing on YouTube, my content lives forever and can be searched. And so I'm always building my audience, even if I'm not creating content, because I have a library of content on YouTube that my audience is actively searching for. And so I continue to grow my business that way instead of chasing the algorithm on Instagram and needing to do a reel and five stories and two posts and a carousel. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I, I mean, I lean so heavily on why YouTube should be a really core piece of your content, especially for women business owners. And one thing that really made me want to stand up and speak about YouTube for women business owners, because when I got started in the first couple of years, it was all dudes Mm -hmm. that were YouTube educators and their wives were taking care of everything. So they could do whatever they wanted. They could create as many videos as they wanted. And they didn't have the balance of, you know, taking care of kids. Um, there were some YouTuber, there were some YouTube educators as well that were women, but they didn't have kids. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you guys are crazy. You couldn't do this with kids. And so that's really what allowed me to lean into who I am as a YouTube educator and teach other people, other moms, other women, business owners, how to show up confident, confidently, not only on YouTube, but how to fit it into a family life as well, because Mm -hmm. we can't just pump out content any time of the day. I got bus drop off at three 30. I got soccer practice at five. Like, um, and so that's what I really talk about. And I also, I, I love being transparent. That's my biggest thing with my audience. And I just am real about how I make time for myself. One of the things that I do they've made a priority is exercising in the morning. And I don't like getting up in the morning. I don't, I hate it. And I've tried different things to, you know, enjoy getting up in the morning And the key really came down to is just finding whatever you can do when you get out of bed that will get you out of bed. And so what has been for me over the past year is I walk, I don't even walk outside. I get on my treadmill because I can know I can watch my trashy TV on my iPad and that's my treat and my reward for getting out of bed so that I'm still being active. I'm still giving myself a mental health walk every day because I'm not going to do it while the kids are home. Um, and even though I am getting out of my bed, it's, and it's not enjoyable to wake up early. There's still something that excites me. I love that. I was just thinking that the other day, I'm like, you know, watching like Real Housewives or Below Deck or something, something that you like, when someone comes in the room, you're like hiding the remote or turning it off. You're like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm a grown woman watching this, but loud and proud. I love Bravo. (laughs) It's such good (laughs) stuff, but I love the idea of 
you know, treating yourself. And I, I hate the word self-care. Of course, I'm a self-care workplace wellness company, but I hate those words because it's really around how can you find time building into your own schedule of things you actually like to do. Like, I like to watch Real Housewives. I like to watch Below Deck. I just watched Love Island finale. I was like, I love this. Yeah. Um, but I think it's that time where as creators and entrepreneurs, especially as women, are we are always on. And it is like our time to like just be like, let someone else entertain me because we're entertaining the world. Yes. So I, I love that idea. It's just what? like mind numbing content. And it's, <laughs> why do you watch it? I'm like, because I don't have to think about anything when I watch It's Like my brain, this is my meditation. Yes, absolutely. This is my meditation. <laughs> All the noise and screaming. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me about your community. So we, so there's Twitter, there's, you know, YouTube, mm-hmm. there's Instagram, there's Facebook, LinkedIn, everything. Now there's the new, you know, all these different new chat rooms. Tell me a little bit about why you're so hardcore on YouTube. You talked a little bit about that, the fact that the content's always there. And even if you're not producing something, it's always searchable, right? SEO or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But why did you choose YouTube? And what have you learned about yourself um, Mm -hmm. being on YouTube and and teaching about YouTube? Like what's your biggest aha from being on YouTube? Well, I started on YouTube because I loved video editing. Um, I would, you know, I would be the friend with the gonna date myself with the camcorder um, (laughs) on trips and stuff and taking all the footage and then making a fun video at the end. And so I loved video editing. And like I said, when I started watching these mom vloggers and realized like the marketing behind what you could build, that is really why I got passionate about YouTube. And at the time, I mean, 2016, 2017, YouTube was a predominantly male platform as well. Um, minus the family vloggers and the beauty vloggers that were over there at the time. And so I really got passionate about, you know, getting more women business owners on YouTube and the power of YouTube and video just does it so well. It just creates a community so much faster. Not only that, but it gives people basically a sense of your vibes. Are you the right person that they want to work with? Are you teaching in a way that they like to be taught? And so it does a great job of warming up your audience. I know I, I talk about this story quite frequently, but it was a few years ago where we were all sick with the flu and this was before the C word, but <laughs> um, this, it was the flu. And I literally had somebody Instagram DM me because there's no like direct messaging on Facebook, on YouTube um, and said, I just binge so much of your videos. How can we work together? Uh, oh. And literally by the end of the weekend, while we had six, she had signed a contract to work with me. We ended up working for together for over a year. It generated almost over $30,000 for the business. Wow. And she was convinced to work with me that long just by watching YouTube videos of mine while I was sick. And so uh, that's just a strong testament as to yeah. why I continue to show up on YouTube and the power that being on YouTube can really have for building a community and creating those sales for you. So you can have as close to work-life balance as possible. Love it. Love it. When you're, when you're talking, I'm thinking a little bit about, you know, entrepreneurs, we go through ebb and flow. Like we have launches, either they go well or they don't. And we learn and we pivot and we grow and we move, move forward. But what about entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, especially who are moms listening right now and saying she's been successful because she's been so confident. Like I don't have the type of confidence that Trina has. How do you what do you encourage them to do? And how do you talk to them about kind of reigniting their spark to get them excited after kind of experiencing a lull or experiencing burnout? What would you say? 
Yeah, it's really funny. I just did a video literally a few weeks ago that I made a big change in my business at the beginning of this year. And after like analyzing and thinking it through and talking to my mindset coach, the decision was really made over imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Because again, I'm in this industry predominantly dominated by men um, that have these massive YouTube channels and they preach, you know, subscribers. And they look at me as like, not a good YouTube educator because I have a small YouTube channel. And so I got this imposter syndrome that I wasn't good enough to be a creator. So I pivoted my entire business at the beginning of the year. And I kept having people tell me, Trina, where's the YouTube content? I love learning YouTube from you. And I, I just got to the point I realized, I'm making more money than these dudes with mm-hmm. two, three times the subscribers that I have because I'm using YouTube in a business sense. And so it's funny. I just literally had this awakening that people wouldn't realize me showing up on YouTube so confident behind the scenes. I still deal with imposter syndrome. Right. But one of the things that I tell people is, you know, when you are recording your videos, try to think you're talking to a friend, maybe have your friend in the room with you and talk about something that you're incredibly passionate about. Mm -hmm. That is something that showed up in my videos as well. Over the last couple of months, I was talking about business strategy, which I do like, and I really enjoy teaching other business owners how to make consistent revenue. But my love is over on YouTube and I can see the difference in my videos from earlier this year to my more recent ones where I lean back into YouTube. So pick something that you're passionate about that you are solid on and your confidence will shine through that video. Love it. I was just going to ask you too, what are you most proud of? I mean, you just mentioned the fact that you were looking at videos before and you can tell when you're certainly more passionate about it, that comes through. But overall in your current business or, or life right now, what are you most proud of? Honestly, I am proud that I have this business still running eight years later, an eight and a six-year-old, two moves, um, COVID, lockdown, virtual school. A lot of businesses, you know, as we all know, don't make it through the first year or even the first five years. So I'm honestly proud that I've been able to do this. I'm at a point where every summer we we take two weeks vacation at our, you know, our place we go every year, it's right on the beach and we're able to do that. Mm. And so I'm just really glad that is a goal that we had when we got married to be able to go to the beach two weeks on the beach. So we don't have to truck our kids, you know, (laughs) this distance with snacks and needing to pee. And so, yeah, I would say just being able to do this now for eight years and having that success. I mean, some people look at me and they think, you know, oh, she's already successful, like you said, but I think, oh, well, I've only been able to accomplish this much. Yes. Like I've only got this far. And so it, it's all in perspective. Absolutely. I love that. I think everyone, you know, you mentioned it being online as a content producer, as you know, someone who has 50 plus um, subscribers on your YouTube channel, 50,000 plus, that's huge. And looking where you were and where you are today, you're already on top of the mountain. But sometimes I think as entrepreneurs, we think we're on the bottom or the the lower part of the mountain. And then there's always something higher. So it's it's good to always. (laughs) What are you working on now? What what's getting you excited? What can you share with our audience today that um, they're like, we got to go check out Trina? Yeah. So one thing that we focused on over COVID was full service YouTube agency because a lot of business owners had kids at home and they needed somebody to take over. What we've now transitioned to is making our basically consulting services more readily available for more people. And so we have recently, when I 
basic, when I had like this kick in my head, why are you doing this when you should be doing that? Uh, we opened a YouTube coaching program and I took all the strategists that I built for my YouTube agency, burned it down, got rid of all the clients. And now we're all focused on coaching um, business owners on how to use YouTube at, you know, what it would cost for one month mm. for our agency services. And it's basically you know, teach a man to fish. He lives, catch a man a fish that that's yeah. that thing, yeah. but we're teaching them how they can build their YouTube strategy mm-hmm. so that then they don't need us forever. They can learn how to do it. They can build a team. They can get an assistant, a video editor, but they know how to build a strategy the right way on YouTube and they can continue to use it to grow their business and see results and success in their business. I love that. I love that. So if I were to talk to you like in two years, what would we be talking about? What do you think in two years you and I would be chatting about as far as your business? Like what's that North Star for you? Well, YouTube, always yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Um, I would hope that I have been, had time to be a little more creative and have fun with my YouTube videos. That's a, been a really big goal of mine is to simplify the business model so that I can coach my clients in the program and then all the rest of the time that I am working, not being a mom, having fun with YouTube content and being creative with my YouTube content and just trying different video styles. So I'm hoping by then I've been able to play around and do different types of videos and have fun instead of I can bang out videos, you know, two or three in a day, the same old, same old, but I want to have more fun with YouTube. I love that. And more fun equals less burnout. So thanks for sharing that. I will circle back with you in two years and make sure you're having fun. (laughs) Where can my team and I and our listeners find you? Obviously on YouTube, but. Yep. Um, Everything trinalittle.com forward slash YouTube forward slash Instagram. Uh, YouTube videos every week. Instagram is kind of more behind the scenes. It's a little bit where more of my sarcastic personality shines through. Uh, It's where I can have a little bit more jokes and fun over there. But lots of information over on YouTube, lots of valuable information. Thank you so much, my friend, for being here today. Such valuable insight. Please follow Trina. She's awesome. And we all need to support her in having more fun. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. This episode may have ended, but the party has just begun. I am passionate about helping women like yourself slow their burn and find balance in their lives. And one of my favorite ways to do this is by leading group engagement workshops and speaking at events. So if you've started noticing your team starting to burn out and reaching the end of their fuse, then go to www.sheshatters.com forward slash speaking to learn more about how I can speak at your next event. And don't forget to leave me a review so that more people can feel inspired too. I am so grateful for your support and love of the show. Until next time.